weekly message from Encounter, where your past has no future and hope is reborn. Here is today's special guest speaker. called to pulpit ministry are given an opportunity, five minutes of opportunity, to um, share with the body. Um, I, I love to hear what God is speaking to other people in the church body. Even, even beyond that, I, I love the recognition that um, there's more than just one voice that God has. In fact, the truth of the matter is we may not all be called to public ministry, but we are all called to ministry. And um, I, I, I enjoy, if that's the right word, hearing from those other individuals in this body who are called to pulpit ministry. I, I like hearing what God is speaking through them and, and what God does. And um, uh, there will be, there'll be some times when we will actually change it up. We, we used to do it at another place where we were pastor a little differently, and, and if God ever led that way, we'd do it again. But uh, they, these people know, I think it was Friday the text went out. Um, there will be times in the future where they, they'll know when they come into church Sunday morning. Okay? Because the Bible says to be instant in season. And you can get to the place... That though you need to constantly study to show yourself approved, you need to always have a heart ready to do ministry. Ministry should not be something you do. A minister is somebody you are. That it just comes out of you. It's not a performance. And we will, we will have some time in the future when they will find out when they get here that they, we've got five minutes of fire. And um, you know, in the past, what I have done, God had built such unity in those people that ministered, that um, we would come to church, and as opposed to having every person having five minutes and delivering their own message, all of them were to preach the same message. And they would, they would find out when they came to church that we're doing five minutes of fire today, and and there would be seven or six or seven or eight different individuals who were going to preach. And one person would be designated to go first. And they would get up and introduce the scripture and begin the message. And every person after that picked up where they left off to continue the message. Isn't that cool? Because you're going to need to tap into the same source. And here's where it gets even better. Sometimes the first person who was going to minister didn't know they were the first person until I got up and introduced them. So all of them are praying about what scripture to use when they get up there. And you'd be amazed. There were times that if, if five people were getting up, four of them felt led to start with the same scripture if they were called on. Think about that. Think of all the scriptures in the word of God. And yet they felt drawn in that 20 minutes of worship service to go to the same scripture if they were the one to start. Tell me God isn't in control. This morning, um, we're going to enjoy five minutes fire. 
and starting it off is Jeff Schwartz. Would you welcome him? Good morning. Go ahead and put my scripture up, uh, JJ, if you would. The title of my message is Like a Dove. I'm going to have to go fast. Or I'll, I'll never make it here. Uh, in Genesis 8, you'll get it up there like a second. Um, chapter 8, and I'm going to say verse 6. And it came to pass at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. Verse 8. Also he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters were abated from the face of the, of the ground. But the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot, and she returned unto him into the ark, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. Then he put forth his hand, that's Noah, and took her, the dove, and pulled her in unto him into the ark. And he stayed yet another seven days, and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark. The dove came in to him in, in the evening, and lo, in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off. So Noah knew that the waters were abated from off the earth, and he stayed yet another seven days and sent forth the dove, which returned not again, not again unto him anymore. Uh, I want to submit a, a thought, and a, it's, this is a thought and a, with a challenge uh, to everybody here. If you want to walk and move in the spirit, uh, and be used by God. Study the study the scriptures, and study a dove to see what the Holy Spirit's like. Give it a go. That's what I've been doing the last thirty six hours. <laughs> I'm going to tell you some fun facts about doves. Doves don't eat dead fleshly carcasses. They don't. Ravens do, but doves don't. Doves are very gentle creatures, uh, and they never retaliate against its enemies. Even when their young are attacked, they don't retaliate. They cry out with a distress that sounds kind of like groaning. Doves make typically uh, make these two sounds, a cooing and a wooing sound. Doves work together with their mate when raising their children, even affectionately by stroking the young and cooing in a soft tone. Double, doves are symbols of peace. We actually have one on the pulpit here. Um, Doves are seed-eating birds, not flesh-eating birds like a raven. Doves are easily disturbed by loud noises uh, and sudden movements. Doves are commonly known as lovebirds. So somebody says, you know, where's the lovebirds? You know, they're really talking about doves. Uh, doves are commonly known to be white in color. Doves have nine wings on each side. And you could say that they have... One side could be the nine fruits of the Spirit, and the other side could be uh, the nine gifts of the Spirit. Doves have just five tail feathers, like the fivefold ministry, covering the body, like on a rudder on a ship that uh, keeps balance in flight. Doves mate once for life. There's a scripture in Matthew that says, it won't be up there, it says, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went straightway up out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he, Jesus, saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. I'm convinced that God wants to overshadow us with his Spirit. Maybe we don't understand that. Maybe that's something new to a thought. But he wants to overshadow us. You know, there was a couple of disciples that experienced this. Uh, there was two of them that were going into the temple. And when they walked up 
there was a guy laying there and begging, and they gave him what they had. They didn't give him money. They gave him what they had. Another example, you know, it was uh, there's a time in the day when the sun's right over top of your head and when there's also a time in the day when it's late or early and you have a shadow, right? Well, there was a disciple that was walking and the, uh, and the shadow of him was healing people. But was it the shadow of him or was it the shadow, was, was the Holy Spirit overshadowing the disciple? And so the people had to figure out what time it was he was going to go wherever he was going to go so they could line up the people on the side of the road so the shadow would hit them. Have you ever thought about that? Uh, uh, I'd like to give you this idea. The Holy Spirit of God is like a dove in that he wants to overshadow you, and I more often think that he, he wants to do that more than, than we even understand. Let's move from just applauding God. You know, I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of applause in heaven. I think we're going to worship him in spirit and truth. Maybe we should move from that, and uh, maybe we're, we, if we become more sensitive to the Holy Spirit, we'll be able to walk in the, you know, we, we need to walk in the. I'm just realizing the title of my message is a question, and that question with me standing up here, I didn't even get a chance to do my hair. What did you expect? Just realize that. God is good. What did you expect? When you woke up this morning and you decided to come to church this morning to join with fellow believers, what did you expect? Did you expect? to have a good worship service? Did you expect to meet with people you like, maybe somebody you kind of don't? Did you expect to hear a good word from God? Was that what you expected? God tells us in the Bible, if you look for evil, you will find it. That also means if you look for good, you will find it. God said, if you seek him with all your heart, you will find him. So what are you looking for? What did you expect today when you got up? Acts 1.14. Paraphrasing from the beginning of that scripture, all the disciples continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So it was everybody. Acts 2.1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Kind of sounds like church. What does supplication mean? The action of asking or begging for something earnestly or humbly. So this is what they were doing when they were in the upper room. They were praying and asking for something from God. So what was that? That's what to expect. John 14, 29. And now I have told you, this is Jesus speaking, and now I have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. That was the whole point of him telling. If you look at all the prophets in the Bible, when they're giving out something, it could be a warning, it could be something really bad, or it's something really good. But the point to them telling you was so you can expect it. You had to know what was coming. 
and the point to knowing what was coming was to believe who God is and who he says he is. He tells us that he watches over his word to perform it. He's ready to do what he said he will do. We just need to expect that. John 14, 16. And I will pray the Father. This is Jesus again. I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. That's where he's speaking of the Holy Spirit. So this is what Jesus is telling all the disciples. And you have to understand that there wasn't just 12 with him. There was about 120 that were after the crucifixion that stayed in the upper room. There's about 120 of them. So Jesus is telling all of them, this is what's going to happen. And I'm telling you this so that you will believe when it comes to pass. So now we go down to Acts 2.2. What happened after they all prayed in the upper room, looking? And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. That's what happened because they came expecting, when they went into that room, they were expecting to receive what Jesus promised they would get. They expected that. But the great part is, do you think they were really expecting what? Because what did they get? You had 120 drunk people talking all crazy. That's what it looks like, right? But if you actually read deeper, it actually says that they were speaking in their different languages that they didn't know. But they weren't just mumbling. They were actually talking about the works of God. So they were speaking the gospel in different languages. And that's why it looked crazy, because they were just the same word, five minutes of fire being spoke by different people, different languages, all at one time. And what happened? 3,000 people were saved in that day. And if you really look at the story of what happened, Peter, the guy who denied Jesus three times, he had enough faith that he stood up when the Holy Ghost came, that he actually saved, by his word through God, 3,000 people in one day. That was the faith that he may believe, and he did. So what do you expect when you come into church, any church? When you get up and you go to meet people, what are you expecting? All right. title of my message is do it again um, I want to start by asking a question have you ever uh, came into a situation that uh, God has showed you or revealed to you maybe it's a calling on your life or it's an assignment where you just do not feel qualified that you are overwhelmed with doubt fear anxiety well there's a man in the Bible who shared in the same same thing that Actually, when the angel of the Lord came to this man, he was hiding from his enemies. And immediately, now, now I, I, I believe that uh, um, he had uh, received some type of lie, someone spoken into his life that caused him to be afraid and, and hiding. But when, when the angel of the Lord came to him, he immediately instilled a new identity, a new truth in his life. He said, get up, Gideon. You mighty man of valor, for I am going to deliver the, hand, the, the, the Israelites by your hand. So, just to give you a little history, after this, Gideon went out, he 
got up, uh, um, he got some people to back him up, to follow him. He raised up an army. And uh, he's right there fixing to take, oh, I think it was the uh, uh, Midianites. Uh, he's fixing to set out the army against him. And the Lord comes to him and says, you know what? Don't, don't take 1,000. Cut your army in half. You know what? Take 300 men. Now, Gideon, being Gideon, a man, this is what the Lord, this is what Judges 6, 36. This is what it says. So Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand, as you had said, look, I shall put this fleece of wool on the threshing floor, and if there is dew on the fleece only, and there's in the dry land on the ground, then I shall know that, I, that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And it was so. When he arose early the next morning, he squeezed out the fleece together, and he wrung the dew out of the fleece into a bowl of water. I want to highlight that area real quick. Uh, we're talking about a bowl of water. This is not a common day bowl. This is, this is back, you know, uh, this, it, I'm, I'm guessing it was probably a wooden bowl or maybe a potter's clay bowl. We're talking about this probably was a big bowl that they had. And, and the, the Lord, when he revealed himself to Gideon, he just, didn't, he just didn't get a few drops of dew. It didn't dry up. He rose up the next morning, and he, he, he rang it out, and the Lord revealed him to himself in the mighty way that he does and gave him an entire bowl full of water. But then, but then Gideon said, God, don't be angry with me, but let me just speak once more. Let me test. I pray just once more with the fleece. Let it now be dry only on the fleece, but on the ground let there be dew. And God saw, did so that night, and, the, and the, dry, the fleece was dry only, but there was dew on the ground. Sometimes the enemy wants to get into your ear, and, and, and when we start to question ourselves, or we're questioning God. When we start to doubt ourselves, we're doubting God. But the Lord says right here, he wasn't angry. He did it. So I want to encourage each and every one of you again today. When God brings you into something new or something he's already called you, because it says right here, Gideon said, Lord, as, as you had already said, the Lord has already said it. He not only spoke a new identity on Gideon, he already, called, he already told him. He revealed to him the promise which he had called him in. But it, Gideon, being the man that he is, still faced fear and doubt. And I, I know myself, I struggle with this uh, unworthiness, but I encourage each and every one of you today, bring out the Gideon. If you face a fear or a doubt, break out your fleece. Ask the Lord to reveal himself to you in the mighty way that he does, because I promise you there's, not, there, there's not, no shortage in heaven. He will wring out a bowl full of water. And then if you still find yourself in a struggle, in a doubt, in a fear, do it again. Thank you, guys. Bendito sea el nombre de Jesús. Amen. Love you, Lord. Um, in John 10, 27... It says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, 
and they follow me. I saw this both in the English and the Spanish. I wanted to make sure I was clear because it had to come to, from the Greek once upon a time that this came in three orders. It was the sheep hear my voice first. I know them second, and they follow me third. Which begs the question, the first part says, my sheep hear my voice means that the voice was first. So if you're a sheep, you're going to hear his voice. Check your spirit. If you're not hearing his voice, he's always speaking. And he says, then I know them, and so therefore they follow me. Okay? So um, I asked the Lord what he wanted of me this uh, and he said, I'm going to give you a word. And uh, I forgot my glasses, so I think I can read it. <laughs> First word. If this is you, I want prayerfully that you would um, come see me afterwards. I know that the Lord's word is not going to come back void. The first word he gave me was lullaby. He said, someone is here suffering from insomnia, and you missed your, it's because you missed your mom. Um, you've been carrying a heavy load and there are days you wish you could go to her and unload and be comforted. God sees that and desires you to find his rest. The second word is hammer. You labor day, you know, say you labor long and hard, and you feel the futility of it all. You feel like you're putting your money in sacks with holes in the bottom and you're exhausted. You feel like everyone is depending on you, and God is standing there with a catcher's mitt waiting for you to throw all that burden over to him who is able. Three, swing. I see you sitting in the swing, feet firmly dug into the ground, fists white-knuckled and grasping the chains, not willing to let go. God is behind you to push you and propel you into the heights, into his promises, into doing his will. You felt his push and tug for a long time to go in a certain direction, but disbelief and fear have clouded the word. He says it's time to soar. Uh, number four, razor. I saw this in two parts. One is for the person who is self-harming. God loves you and wants to set you free this day. The second part is the cutting words. There have been people in your life who have spoken such hateful things to you, and some have left you pretty scarred. God wants to erase those words today, delete them, and use his white out on them so you can receive his healing words. Uh, five, mountain lion. I saw him skinny, emaciated, and weak, so hungry for the word of God. You run after the prey without prayer. With such desire to seek and know him, you devour everything in sight and remain hungry because you're lacking spiritual nutrition. Seek the source and you'll be filled. Six, ladybug. You think there are too many spots on your record and God can't use someone as broken as you. He wants you to know today that in his redemptive plan that these spots have made you a beautiful vessel and he can't wait to show off the work of art you've become. He's waiting for your yes. Seven, candle. So as to let your shine, light shine before men, God has not given you a spirit of timidity, but of boldness. Don't let the light of your candle be snuffed out by a fear of acceptance. He has made you to shine, but you're, you've hidden your candle under a bush. Come out of hiding. He has promised to give you words in all situations, so you won't have to worry what to say. Um, eight, baton. 
I saw a child laughing, happy, twirling a baton in a yard of green grass, spinning around. An adult is looking on and smiling in approval, happy to see you play. Your Father in heaven is looking on you right now with such joy, happy to see you play. He's happy that you're using your gifts for him, and he desires to give you more. Such an increase is coming in this area. It will make your head spin in delight. Uh, Sugar, you're a a real truth seeker and a thinker. You like things that are tangible, something you can experience with your senses, something that can be proven. Faith is a hard thing for you. Today, God says, taste and see that I am good. Dare to put faith to the test, and he will prove himself true. Radio flyer wagon with no socks. Wow. Can I? I've got two words. Please bear with me. This was a hard word um, because I didn't know what Laura was saying here. But he said, radio flyer wagon with no socks. He says, you were little. You were supposed to be happy. But at a very tender age, you were pulled away from what should have been happy. You lost your innocence. You feel like you can't go back and retrieve what was lost, and in some ways now you've given up. God has your socks, and he's covering your bare feet right now. My last word is, in Spanish, it's palenque. Give me a Spanish word for my English-speaking people, but he said it's a palisade, like a fence or defense or barricade, and palenque is this. You're feeling trapped in a fence of your own making. You've made a commitment to something, and while you don't want to go back on your word, you're regretting your yes, and it's been weighing on you. God is going to be giving you a supernatural peace about this right now, and you're going to see him plunge a wrecking ball in that fence. Praise the Lord. Can anybody praise the Lord with me? Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo. Jesus. I just sense his presence in such a tangible way this morning. Oh, before I start, I feel the Lord has me, uh, wants me to share uh, a word that he's given me. Uh, Sister Carol, I want to say to you, God has showed me that you're right at the door. You're right at the door of something that seems impassable. But he wants you to keep pressing through. Press on because the door is about to open to you. Do not lose faith. Do not be weary in well-doing. You're right at the door. And he has not left you nor forsaken you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Sister Kelly, I want to say to you this morning that God has said to me that if we don't ask the right question, we won't know the answer. And God says, ask the right question. He told me, whoa, he told me that before you even speak the word, he's already answered. When it comes through your lips, he not only answers, hears you, but he answers. It's right there. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I love it when Holy Spirit has his way. I loved, (laughs) I just love all the different variety of how God speaks his word. Amen. Woo, Jesus, it's been a rich morning. The Lord has given me a simple title, The Key to the Throne Room, and it's found in Psalm 22, verse 3. But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Ooh, and I feel like I need to share also verse 4. 
Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted, and you delivered them. So I want to say this. You know what? Um, Praise. You know, we hear about it all the time. It's a very powerful key to the kingdom. And it is so in that when, when, when when we praise him, we not only allow him to visit us, but we open the door to give him sovereign reign with his kingdom and acting in any way that he chooses to see fit in our situation. The word inhabit in Hebrew is yoshab, means to sit down. It means to remain. It means to settle, I love this one, or to marry. Is that rich? Woo! Your praise is powerful. Hallelujah. Our praise releases him to manifest his kingdom power. It is an essential kingdom principle that invites his sovereignty into any situation we may be facing. Praise opens the door to an intimate partnership and it ushers in trust and faith. As you notice in verse 4, our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and you delivered them. Our praise brings deliverance. It's powerful. Are you depressed or are you oppressed? Are you facing anxiety? Do you feel alone? Do you feel like you were deserted? Then act in a sacrifice of praise and release God's kingdom into your situation. When we praise him with a sincere heart, it can bring deliverance from fear, torment, or any satanic harassment. I just want to share real quickly, we just had an Area 51, and this is a testimony, and I've ha- I have permission from BJ to share it. So she walked up to me and Mindy and uh, said, I just want to share something with you. And she started to talk about a vision that God gave her, and instantly God sh- showed me an alabaster box. And she said, um, I had her tell me again this morning so I wouldn't be inaccurate. She said, I saw this box, and God had his hand on the bottom and on the top, two big hands. And I saw our notes of praise going up to him. And then I saw notes of praise coming back down and coming into the box. And when we were finished praising, I saw him take and put his hand, or hand on the box and shut it. And God instantly told me that was an alabaster box. And I was reminded about how that the woman who came to Jesus with the alabaster box and gave a sacrifice of praise, gave her most expensive thing to the Lord Jesus and worshipped him in front of critics. And what happened next was so beautiful. God not only openly rebuked those who were criticizing her, did not only rebuke the enemy, but he gave her that testimony forever. So I I really believe that God was saying, and and if you ask BJ, she'll tell you, I was going through something. I I didn't really feel what I was singing, but I was was offering lip service when when God gave her the vision. And God said, you know, any sacrifice of praise, God will honor it. If it's a sacrifice of praise, he honors it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. How many enjoyed this so far? 
Can we give the Lord a hand? Hallelujah. He's worthy of praise and honor, church. Hallelujah. I have the opportunity to share with you today the luscious garden of death. Oh, wow. The luscious garden of death. Jeremiah 32, 41 says, yes, I will rejoice over them to do them good, and I will plant them in this land assuredly with my whole heart and with my whole soul. You know, Jeremiah is a very favorite um, book in the Old Testament. A lot of people remember 2911 the best. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil to give you a future and a hope. Can I tell you today that Jeremiah 32, 41 is a greater verse today for you than that one there is. For today, I want you to know that God has thoughts of you, and those thoughts are death. What? Come on, Brother Dave, what are you talking about? Death? Yes. Yes, he does. Can I tell you, in fact... He rejoices over the day that you shall die. Are you kidding me? I got enemies like that, God. Why would need God against me? Hello. But can I tell you today, everyone in this room, when you think about, oh, hallelujah, oh, hallelujah, when you think about where God is going to have you to be, he, you think about that tree. You think about a tree of life that the Lord has made you to become. For you see, the tree of life that God has made you to become is an awesome tree. For you see, those who are hungry, they will come to that tree and they will pick from the fruit that, that you have, that God has given you and they will eat because they were hungry. There'll be those who are, who are flying and begin to get weak and get weary, and they will rest on those branches that, that the tree that you are has become. There'll be those, hallelujah, who, who are tired and just need a break. Maybe that's you this morning, and, you, and you'll go, be able to go underneath that tree and its, and its leaves, and you will find rest. Hallelujah. Or you know what? Maybe you need a home, and, and you'll see this tree that God has made you, and you become a home for someone, the words in which you have given them. How many wants that in their life? Can someone say amen? How many wants to be that tree for the Lord? Don't you? Isn't that something when you begin to pray in the morning, say, Lord, help me be a witness. Help me be that person who shares your word. But I tell you this day, there is one thing that you must do. Hear me out. Oh, hallelujah. There is one thing that you are required of to become what God wants you to be today. Can I tell you today, that is death. God wants you to die today. Hallelujah. He wants you to die to your dreams. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. He wants to, you to die to what you think or where you think you need to go because God's way, hallelujah, is a better way. Can someone say amen? I will tell you this. There was a time in my life I was a ladybug. Just like my sister said, I had all these spots all over me, all right? I wondered, there's no way that no one would ever look at me 
to be beautiful again. But you know what, Sister Viv? You know what I did? I, I, I got those spots there, Brother James, because, because I followed my way. I thought, oh, this is a great path. I think I'll go to it. Woohoo! yeah. And you know what I found out? It was death. But you know what? Hallelujah. When I put away those things that I thought I should be, and I said, God, no longer am I going to have those dreams and vision. I want your visions in my life. Can someone say amen? Hallelujah. I want what you have for me. And suddenly, out of nowhere, that broken, shattered man becomes something beautiful. That's right. I'm beautiful in the name of Jesus. Can someone say amen? I'll say amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. But you know what? I was written off. My friends, so-called friends, even some family. You know, there's, there was a wedding this week. There's a wedding this weekend. I know I'm about ready to close. My, I can feel the time coming. There's a wedding this weekend for my fam, part of my family. I wasn't allowed to be there because of my spots. That's a true statement. But you know what? God touched me. I died to what I wanted and gave it to him. And he may be beautiful again. That's what he wants to do for you, church. Die today in the luscious garden of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Stand to your feet, church, if you would. That's our special guest speaker today at Encounter. All of our guest speaker messages can be downloaded from our website, godenc.com. Messages from Bishop Michael Rice are freely available on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter. We